Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Tale of Dice, the beautiful game of Pathfinder 2nd Edition that I play with all my friends, which today only counts three of them. You see, Maximus Prime, our beautiful player normally playing Jack, has this weird day where he has uh, completed another circle around the sun. It is his birthday today. And he didn't want to spend it with his friends. He instead wanted to spend it with, like, I don't know, his, his partner, the ground, being outside in good weather. Fuck that sort of shit. His we are just here family. playing nerd games, rolling dice in our, like, way too dark caves. And next to that, uh, we are also missing the, uh, the lovely Enchante. Vincent, normally playing Crowen, because he has uh, gone to the rescue to a dear friend who, uh, who needed his aid in, uh, in times of strife. So um, while it does become apparent that his love for like all of us is less combined than the love for this one friend, we will be mad at him, but um, for now we will, uh, we will have to do it without him as well. Whoop whoop, Titanium Atlas! So I hope all y'all have um, a, a lot of things that you wish to deal with during this beautiful episode. Because you will have a lot of time to complete any and all the things that you set out to do. Next to that, um, first off, Ave, uh, right over there. Thank you for your continued patronage as you are once again a beautiful subscriber of us. As well as Titanium Atlas, thank you for your six months. Even without two of our players, we hope to bring you the nice story and entertainment that you have been looking at. We're out. the best ones anyway. Uh -huh. I, uh, no comment. But um, next to that, um, one of the things that we have, um, well, pulled into existence since a couple of sessions ago was that now all of you lovely viewers can also uh, buy story beats, basically different things in the story that you can uh, can do that happens. And uh, for this session, uh, after we had a, a personal like story arc thingy for all of our players, uh, the lovely Amunra came by and just showered us with llama points uh, and actual money to uh, to prepare all of those so today we have a couple of new ones these ones all um because our players still have to play out the different things that i have set in the world for them these new things will be ones that are more associated with the main quest line you can uh, if you would like to just force an interaction with the big bad evil guy the aboleth known as the shepherd uh you can also give our heroes a little bit more information of the the underlying effects that is somehow tied into all of this known as the echoes of power giving them a little bit more uh influence you can also fuck them up in a different way because you know what the dark shepherd or a big bad evil guy does have a loyal shepherd's hound of course which you can set on the party so with that, uh, a lot of things that you can still do to uh, to influence the story, if you so please. You can buy those with uh, with either llama points, or if you wish to uh, just circumvent the entirety of the waiting time to earn llama points, you can also uh, throw us a couple of bits, thousands to be precise, and gain the beautiful privilege of buying your way into another piece of the story. So, with that being said, I think I have blurted out enough for now, so without further ado, shall we play a game?
And we're back. So, to jump into tonight's game, let us recap. Because our heroes, different wandering people, all coming to the vast city of Farwater for different reasons, have been drawn together by fate, it seemed, as they realized the city was enveloped in a dark plague dubbed the Crystal Plague by none other than our very own Tarush, it seemed that throughout the city, different people were falling ill, slowly turning mad, eventually even having their bodily flesh turn into some sort of crystalline mass as they died. A plague that seemed to be perpetuated by a force known as the Shepherd. The Shepherd, you have come to understand, being a strong, magical, ancient, fish-like creature known as an Aboleth that seemingly had taken up residence here within the city limits to increase this plague and in so doing also its own power. Slowly but surely seeming to grow towards a point at the end of this month as the month of the Goddess of Death, the month Ravenrest would begin that might seem to be a point where this being known as the Shepherd had been living towards. However, their plans are slowly but surely being thwarted by all of you. Because you as outsiders got a job offered to you by the local captain of the guard, Bradley Quintessent, to, outside of the law, figure out what the hell was going on. And in so doing, you have found different people being influenced by this Dark Shepherd, and one by one you have removed all of them. One you killed, one you made into an ally, and the last one you apprehended. The last one being a traitor within the guards themselves, which, now that he is apprehended, the guards are not really at your disposal, but at least way, way more capable of aiding you in finding and dealing with this Shepherd. With all of the Lieutenants and other threads of this quest being dealt with, you now find yourselves at a moment of rest, realizing that one by one all of the different avenues of the Shepherd have been closed off, and you can now begin to think of how you will deal with the big bad evil guy himself. I say, however, that you had rest, but even in rest, it seemed that different things found each and every one of you. Because, as our chat had dictated, each and every one of you had a personal character moment that brought with it its own ordeals. For now, we will skip the uh, character progressions of the two people that are not here. But Olam, as a Galaxy Panther, which I call you, um, and a subject of the goddess Saloon of the Moon, you realize that not only the moon itself, but also the stars themselves seem to have an interest in you. You being called out in a strange vision by a red, orange, and yellow nebulae far, far away, that being so alien of you didn't even know what names were. You having named it Shh, now as another sort of benefactor? to you, ever present in the night sky. Edge, you, trying to figure out your devilish heritage, had 
bestowed upon you the presence of a small little helper, simply known as Imp, that has taken up refuse, refuge sorry, in your monkey familiar, now possessing it, and sometimes coming closer to the surface to deal with you about information of who you are and where you come from. And last but not least, Tarush, as one of a very noble house coming straight from the capital, it seems that your family has not completely left you alone, as your <laughs> uncle entered a telepathic link with you, berated you on not working hard enough, and actually pushing you to take on another assignment at your guild, the Cerunian Circle. Yeah, what was the name of the guy you wanted me to contact again? Yes, so um, as um, we turn into where we last left off, all of you are finishing a long rest at uh, your local inn where you're staying, known as the Lake House, and here you were contacted by your uncle to once again... Um, let me take a look, see here... Like, I remember the other details, I just didn't yes. write down the name. Um, yes, you had um, basically a analyst at the Swirlian Circle like appointed for you, the the same guy that you had uh, spoken to one time before when you actually came to the city of Farwater, uh, known as Analyst Neil Hestus, a a Hyharthian uh, divination wizard uh, who is uh, within the uh, the Cerulean Circle. Analyst Neil here. Hestus, just Neil. Analyst oh. is his title. <laughs> oh. he, is, he is an analyst within the uh, Cerulean Circle. Uh, first name Neil, last name Hestus. Cool. Thanks. All right, and with that, we tune into the open area within the lake house where different wooden tables now stand mostly vacant as the early, early morning slowly but surely greets Eve, each and every one of you as you make your way down towards this establishment and gather at one of the tables. Different breakfast foods and beverages are strewn out to you um, Tarush, you will be uh, very happy to hear that coffee is not unknown to the vast city of Farwater. Uh, imported all the way from Tsunadi Desert itself. Still, though, it is a, uh, a nice delicacy to have here in, uh, in such a large city. Yeah, Tarush with uh, much struggle. He'd gotten out of bed earlier. Uh, like, you would think it would be nice to wake up with Lyra, but... Au contraire, they were both very hungover. And um, he struggled to get himself out of bed as his a pile of his armor had materialized next to his bed because his spell has ended. And they had woken up from it. Just... <laughs> it wasn't a pleasant thing. Um, but he had to refocus his energies. Like... Honestly, that sounds like the suckiest thing of being a wizard. You wake up, you immediately get into the books, right? <laughs> you gotta do homework every day. Yeah, every day. so struggling, yeah, struggling and, and forcibly he puts himself down and he gets to work on preparing the spells for the day. Um, as Lyra too probably does something similar in her own way. Yeah. At least you can find a little bit of solace in the fact that indeed your, uh, your companion for the evening, Lyra, the... Uh, um, high elven woman 
woke up beside you and indeed also needs to do her daily preparations. So as you had opened your books, she went downstairs for a moment, grabbed two cups of tea, got back up, still very hungover. Present dissertation can only do so much to like alleviate the, uh, the sweatiness of a good hangover. But at your table, you both quietly go through your wizard's tomes yeah. and get ready for the rest of the day. So for Tarush, the way it looks is... He's not very, um, he's not as neat when it comes to his books as it comes to his appearance. So he doesn't really have a, well, like it, it does have kind of a leather bound cover, but it's more like, you know, you know, these people, I'm one of them in real life too, who just like, they have like these bunch of papers from school and they kind of just push them into a binder, but they don't actually bother to bind them. You know, and at least Tarusha's magic to help him with this. So the book opens <laughs> and all the pages just float out in front of him and circle around him as his staff floats in front of him, too, which he uses as a focus. And electricity just crackles as he meditates and focuses on the spells and imbues the power into his staff. Just, just like a little little Tesla orb, you know? Uh, or, well, big one, actually. <laughs> and afterwards, like, there's this moment where he's just like, Yes! And everything just whoops, falls down. I'm done. Coffee? Breakfast? At which point, Lyra, being distracted by all the small bolts of lining, had already, like, procured, like, two different pieces of cotton to push into her ears, not to get distracted even more, because you could actually see her wince at every small bolt the hangover taking its toll. Eventually, as you pipe up, she goes, Huh? Uh, I'm fine for now. I just need a couple more moments. Thank you. Get you downstairs. And he, again, like, bundles up the papers, not bothering to uh, put them in any sort of order and just pushes them back into the binder or the leather-bound uh, thing and just, like, pushes it into his backpack again. All right. Lyra, Lyra can roll a high enough deception check, so uh, as far as Tarush knows, uh, Lyra isn't judging at all. <laughs> oh, but I am. He grabs his staff from the ground. I am you. <laughs> as you should. This is a well-thought-out character flaw. Um, <laughs> and he puts his staff, uh, he leans it against... Uh, uh, against the side of the room in the corner. His armor has disappeared, um, and he goes downstairs just in his fancy clothes as uh, he, yeah, goes to dig in. Very well. Edge, Olam, any morning rituals for the likes of you before you join Tarush at the table? Nope, I got nothing going on. Uh, but I do want to do something after the break breakfast, but that will come. Farewell. Noted. Edge would have gone on their morning run and did some calisthenics. Edge, go ahead and make me a fortitude saving throw. Oh, God. Oh, that's not bad. Ah, uh, that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Nice. All right. Because you have had a very, very... Um, eventful evening last night uh, but it seems that somehow perhaps it's a little bit of, of devilish 
electricity energy, but you still feel invigorated and well-rested this morning. And uh, you are capable of uh, coming towards breakfast with that view of that you have like uh, a little bit of a head start to the rest of all of these people like people are slowly waking up you've already had a workout in and you're there let's do this yeah i i had zarel do most of the work for the last couple sessions so i had starfish style baby (laughs) exactly it's a mug style it's it's even well no because there's also a tail so it becomes like (laughs) Six-pointed starfish. This octopus time. style? Exactly. Oh, no, Six-pointed. Heptapod? No, hepto-seven. <laughs> Hexapod yeah. style. Hexapod style. There we go. All right. So without further ado, each and every one of you find uh, yourselves at the table. Um, you are missing Jack as of this moment because he's taking care of the zombie that uh, came walking in here. Stay tuned next episode to see how that works out. And um, Crowen is also taking a little bit time for himself, still a little bit flabbergasted by uh, by what was uh, happening last episode. Yeah, that's probably a traumatizing episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, I imagine Edge would be there first, then Olam, and then Tarush, and then uh, Lyra last. As... Uh, as soon as Olam sits in, uh, sits down, Edge is going to lean in a bit and go, We should probably do something about Buddy. Oh crap, we also have him. We but can't why? just leave him here. Do we, so we, do we keep him with us then, right? If you, I mean, I would. He's our little buddy. I don't um, know if he, he can go somewhere else, so that would be sad. So I, so I yeah. think we should keep him. We can't send him down the sewers. Maybe we should talk to the rest about it. I would yeah, but if we, maybe if we send him back, they will think that he did uh, did wrong to them. So they yeah, will might maybe so hit we can't him. do that. We, we're no. not sending him back. Uh, no. Well, we might want to check in with him and 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 develop his story because. Tarush has been experimenting on him and giving him powers or trying to imbue him with. You have? Yeah, you were there. Oh, yes. Uh, Lyra uh, sits down with the last bit of prestidigitation magic that one uh, rogue strain of golden blonde hair turns uh, back into her ponytail as she sits down. While you had left me with him, I actually tried to see if I could find a sort of solution for our little predicament. Because if Buddy would actually be capable of wielding some sort of magics, I thought to myself that perhaps it would be most beneficial to all of us, including Buddy, if he could find some magical prowess in disguising himself. That would be smart, yes. Is that is that easy to learn to him because we we still don't know what he what he says, right? It is a spell that is easily enough mastered if he would be capable of doing so. Of course, that is the big question in all of this. But how how has he been progressing after the uh, trials? I've put oh right, into... we gave him the potion thing. Yeah, well, I I gave yeah. him the potion plus other things like that were. Yeah. It, it wasn't very ethical, let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, but... I remember now. This is slightly before or after we turned into wasps, and that kind of overshadowed the rest of that session for me. Yeah. Fair. 
I've I've gone over the different things with Buddy. I've tried to keep it as let's say practical as possible. He did pick up a couple of things, but the experiment that we did with allowing Buddy to wield magics, the likes of uh, the clerics of his clan, weren't really complete yet. So a couple of days have passed. Perhaps this would be the time to see if the things click, have a final check, so to speak, with him. I agree. I do have one concern, however. One that, well, not a concern for me, Taru says with a, uh, a cocky smile. More for uh, Edge, Olam. What? Once we kill the shepherd, I assume it is reasonable, a reasonable consequence to expect that the scum will revert to their original animal-like intelligence. The buddy we once knew will be no more. But will he turn into a fish then? He will turn into somewhere in between where he is now and a common sheep, intelligence-wise. His looks will be the same. His mind is what was affected. But then we we can ask him before he turns that way if he would like to stay with us if that would happen. And if that if that is something that's going to happen, we can keep him as a pet-like thing. Like I said, not up to me. I don't really care. But oh, we could we could have him to be a, like a, a page to crow and to just like carry his things and stuff. But not too heavy because he he. No 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 no. We should just not like hurt his, him. Um, his backpack maybe. You're, I, like I said, do what you want, but let us also consider the probability that he will not be more intelligent than simply mistaking each one of Crowen's fingers for a worm to snack upon. That we'll is burn out that the bridge when we get there. Hello. Yes. So I figure Buddy would be the first order of business then for today. Oh dear. Food is the first order of business, and Taru starts oh, cramming his face. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. He is very um, hungry, and he's going for all, like, the greasy stuff, the sausages, the eggs, the bacon. Mm, you know, he, he needs his, uh, he salt, needs his fats, fats and salts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Edge is just going to softly push a Bloody Mary into Lyra's <laughs> direction. Into whose into direction? Lyra's direction. Oh. And she just smiles. <laughs> a right. Bloody Mary? Oh. Yeah, Bloody Mary is good for a hangover. But there's alcohol in that too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, just checking if I understood correctly. Yeah, yeah. I'm just All like, right. if I if that if I were that I would be like <laughs> <laughs> Like um in, in, in the Netherlands we have uh the term restauratie biertje. Like the, <laughs> the the restoration beer, like the first beer after a night of heavy drinking to get you back into the flow, it works sometimes. First one's hard work, but after that, mm -hmm. no problem. <laughs> right. Easy, but easy. eventually the hard work of your morning breakfast does come to a close. And uh, as all of you are once again well fed and well rested, what is the first order of business? Are we going to deal with Buddy? 
Well, yes, now I want to know how he's doing. Uh, or uh, you wanted to do something after breakfast, uh, Olan? Yes, but now I'm more interested in body. I can do this mm. later. All right, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put that in the bag for now. Oh, As I, you guys... that I realized my snacks are right over there. One second. Oh. But continue. So, as um, all of you move up towards uh, one of the chambers, I can't remember where you left Buddy, but uh, you enter one of your chambers to find that uh, Buddy is um, actually sitting on one of the chairs there and peering over what seems to be uh, a somewhat simplistic book like just looking at it a little bit like large pictures on the left side of every page so you have like every right side is text every left side is pictures and he's just like peering over it his small little fish legs dangling uh over the uh over the uh edge of the chair because buddy as you know is a um scum or um basically fish goblin we'll uh, we'll call them who uh, who live here in the sewer systems of a far water and this one by the magic of the artifact turned into your friend so um you can still see him in his uh what now seems to be like very simplistic uh clothes just like a uh a, a normal shirt his uh armor that he tribalistically crafted for himself uh just lying somewhere in a pile folded and washed after he has stayed here for a couple of days and um, as all of you enter, you can see that his eyes just join all of you. And for a moment, he nods. And then he sees Lyra, and he steps up and just goes, and begins to make a couple of sounds and pointing towards the book. Oh, very interesting, very interesting. Um, it seems that he is uh, actually trying to read. Um, I put down a little plate of breakfast for him, and I gave him a little... One of those over his head. Does he have hair? I don't care. I'm just gonna. He has scales. He's like he's like a mohawk fin, you know. Okay, so you can, you can be like this. Yeah. Ed, could you speak up a little bit while you're doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. It's not my fault for Mouter like describing his little legs like dangling over the chair. I love him. I bring him a plate of breakfast and I ruffle his scales. Are you happy now, Charlie? <laughs> kind of. Consider Buddy's scales ruffled. As um, you step into the chamber, each and every one of you, Lyra uh, takes out her, her spell book and begins to rummage through a little bit and just goes, all right, um, now we get to the weird part. Whatever you have done, Tarush, uh, I would figure that all of the um, things that he has ingested and the like should have run their course. So now the question remains, how do we kickstart this? I'm thinking a impromptu arcane ritual to see if we can do something with him. How would all of you be able to, uh, to add uh, to this? So for the sake of a little bit of metagaming, we basically now go into a, a little bit of a, a ritual. So uh, I'm going to need um, at least from two of you, or all three of you, checks that will uh, aid in this ritual of kickstarting um, your buddy's nice little magical capabilities. I know magic, so I can yeah. roll. All right, so each and every one of you, as Lyra basically 
uh, takes it upon herself to draw out the basic arcane circles and glyphs to get this ritual started. She puts uh, Buddy in the middle and basically begins to tell that uh, we will need some sort of way to, um, like, uh, not influence, but um, stimulate his mind. And that can be um, gotten to in, in very many different ways, shapes, or forms. So, um, for each and every one of you, what kind of skill will you use in this, and how will you use it? Can be arcane, can be one of the other intelligence-based skills, can even be whatever you like to... You can you can do athletics to give him a back rub while all of this is going on for my character. What do we do? Ola, I see you thinking very hardly. So why do you choose first, then? <laughs> oh, that's not nice. I I'm will sorry. use religion. All right. Because that's a high roll. And I will, uh, <laughs> I will meditate, pray ish while well, uh, holding his, his hand. Don't underestimate yourself, Crystal. Like, religion also just, like, refers literally to divine magic, which you are very yeah. capable in. So you can just, like, help him channel that stuff. You, yeah. As part but of this. Also, but you could also That's just. Why ask... I'm to meditate. No, but you could also just ask Shh or Saloon to, to guide you in this. That's also a, a, a very nice thing, because you said you wanted to pray. Yeah, but is my connection with Saloon already better or not? Because we haven't... Then I mean, I, I'm going to put my bets on Shh then. All right. Whatever you like. The freedom is yours. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, you say know, this, Fucking but... savage combat smurf. I hate that what? guy. We haven't almost died in like a whole session, so there's a fucking scum raid now. Oh really? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Can we wait until after this ritual though, please? Yeah, because that will be a very interesting point to see if this works, yes or no. So with that being said. <laughs> yeah, like Honey's body oh, just said it this. wouldn't be a stream without Savage Combat Smurfs doing yeah. something. I love <laughs> Thank you. Thank you in advance. So, um, Olana's going for religion. Yes. Edge, Tarush. I'm no good with the magic y thingy. All I can do is zap people. I'd rather not electrocute my buddy here. So, I am indeed going to give him like a back rub and just in case, like, make sure that I can grab him if he starts to, I don't know, throw a fit All or right. something. Edge, what are you doing? You're giving it a back? Talk to it. You're its best friend. It's one of your things. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, sure, while I'm giving him a back rub, I'll just be going like, you got this, man. You're no, my, so my suggestion, my suggestion, what I mean is, like, diplomacy is, like, one of your big strengths, too, I think, maybe. It's not so much. I have a oh. four on it. I'm better at also... perception. You can Fair. also just go for athletics and basically be his, his trip sitter, like that you will be yeah. the person that, that runs around and makes sure, because when the ritual gets going, like arcane rituals sometimes have a lot of energy in them, some things might go awry, you might be yeah. able to jump into... That's, to, like, that's kind sure of that what I do, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, the, I'm the sitter mom, I'm always the sitter mom. Didn't Hell I yeah. do that for a long when she got very, very drunk? <laughs> I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, I think someone else put me to bed 
Crowen put you to bed because yeah. I, I, I was gonna get nasty with Sorel. Alright. You left me before for for some Hey, bonus. I made sure that you were okay before I left, okay? And you were not alone. If I would tell my friends that I don't know if they would be so happy, but they okay. Would be fine with it because I got some. So you put the peen before the pussy. <laughs> I had known Olam for literally less than 48 hours. Yeah, the pussy had a little bit of a higher priority there. No, no, no. We were already Olam is the pussy friend. here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Wow. So, Tarush, what do you do? Um, so, I feel like Tarush would decide that occultism would be more applicable here, seeing as... This is like dark magic and evil stuff that we're trying to imbue in him and not mm -hmm. just straight up, um, you know, kindness of Arcana. So I, I think I'm going to go for occultism here. Very good. All right. So then as the arcane circle is put down, Lyra slowly begins to chant uh, in Draconic, the uh, the language of uh, most arcane-based magics, and you can see one by one all the different glyphs begin to light up one by one as you see the energy that permeates the entirety of the multiverse that arcane spellcasters use, known as the Weave slowly begins to siphon and even become visible at the very end as this magical energy is funneled through the arcane circle and with it through the mind of Buddy as he begins to make some sounds, wins a little bit, seemingly having somewhat of a small headache. Uh, we will now go into the different checks. Um, we will have four different spellcasters, quote-unquote, for this. And uh, because uh, your beautiful scumbody is only a level one creature, and he is basically be trying to become a level one spellcaster with this, we will set the DC accordingly at a 17. So you all will need to roll a uh, 17, and we will need at least, uh, let's see here, at least three successes on this. So, with that being said... And, oh, wait, sorry. No, I misread. No, it's only a 15 at first level. 15 at first level. So we need uh, three 15s on our skill checks. Way to put the pressure on, Daddy. <laughs> All right, so... Spoiler alert. Yeah, 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 yeah. This You made it a whole lot easier for me, though. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This one's a little bit better. There we go. All right, so as the energy coalesces and runs through Buddy... Lyra tries to speak as clearly as she can, and she goes for her first check. All right, which is a roll, which I will keep secret from all of you. <laughs> as this goes on, on the other side, Olam, what do you do? You, you turned off the music? No, no, wait, I, uh, I put it back on, oh, I think. Oh, fair. I rolled a natural 20. Oh, yeah. But what do you do? I... I tell him, although he doesn't know, but I tell him that there are pretty stars in the sky helping him and sending him a lot of an energy that will feed his energy to make the magic go poof. And it seems that in these very basic terms, the emotion that you carry with yourself is easily perpetuated and flown towards 
buddy, as you see one of the glyphs begin to light up, but instead of the dark blue of Lyra's magic, it turns purple and then red, as you see that one of these strands of magical energy begins to turn red with the power of shh, as the stars themselves feed into this beautiful array. All right, as this goes on, different things begin to shake a little bit as the room itself begins to tremble under the arcane might. As eventually, Edge, you see that one of the large closets that stands here begins to tumble over. Go ahead and make me an athletics check as you try to keep everything stable and well. Could you turn the volume up on your sign on this song? I can't do much with it. A little bit more. Thank you. There we go. Dirty 20! Dirty 20! Hell yeah. As you see this, you see Buddy sweating profusely. You first hand him like a comforting, comforting hand. As he gazes into your eyes, you see that he becomes a little bit more calm. But then the closet tumbles over, and quickly, with your monk dexterity, you jump towards it and quickly catch it and push it back as the chamber begins to rumble. You, get, you actually got a plus one from an Inspire here, Edge. Oh, damn. Uh, well, oh, not, not just... 21. Well, not a plus one, a plus five. Oh, plus five, inspire. my bad. Yeah, so that becomes a critical success as well. Oh, thank you so All much right. for giving it to me. Thank you, Shokaisi. Thank you. I hope I'm not butchering your name. Okay, so what we're getting through here is um, I will now uh, share with you that Lyra also had a success. And now, because both of you also have critical successes, I will say that because this is going so well, we might actually get to the double amount of successes that we need, which will give a nice little added bonus to Buddy and even increase his spell casting abilities a little bit. So do we need, like, one more success? Or so if you now roll a success, Tarush, we will basically say that the whole ritual has critically succeeded because we have double the amount of successes that we need. So what do you do while all this is going on? Tarush has a bit of a bored look on his face. This is beneath his level. Um, My God, he, this is why I hate you, Tarush. He pu pushes down his he hold, he raises his staff and then pushes it down onto the ground. The spear tip just clinking into the uh, floor as electricity as as just this this ionization of the atmosphere inside the room just raises as everyone, as Olam's hair, uh, hairs kind of raise up on the back of her neck and a few, a few bits of lightning crackle from his staff. And then at the end, instead of what you usually see, it turns into this dark, ominous, purpley mist, this occult energy. Although Tarush isn't an, an occult caster per se, he has very much dabbled in it, and it comes very easily to him to cast dark magic as these mists surround um, Buddy. And I have Assurance Occultism, so I mm. literally don't even need to roll. I can just say I get 10 plus 9 is 19. And there we go. <laughs> So with that, as you stand there, Tarush, completely in control of the entire situation, the mists themselves forming around Buddy, that one little jolt of electricity eventually finds the forehead of Buddy as it hits him square in the face, and with it you can see his eyes go wide for a moment, after which Buddy 
stumbles to the ground. The rest of the arcane magics in the sigils that Lyra had crafted on the ground beginning to dim. The reagents he used to draw them burned out, leaving only a little bit of ash behind on the floor as she quickly goes towards Buddy to check, like the rest of you, I figure, to see if he is okay. And... Before he can actually get up well and good, I would like all of you to go ahead and make me a perception check. Natural 20! Oh! For a total of 27! Eh. 18. 13. 13, 18. Alright. And Lyra has a pretty high roll with a uh, 23. So... As I get this ready real well, quick. Well, thank God you already have the battle map from the Wasp battle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Do I do I have a nice little battle map for this sort well, of thing? Well, we, uh, we used the Wasp, like the Wasp battle was here, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah, only but theater it of the was mind. In the theater of the mind. Oh, I forgot about that. I, My bad. So, um, with this, I will uh, I will take a little bit of uh, creative liberty as um there we go all right as we move to the actual streets of the city of farwater because as you hear the gurgling sound coming from buddy all of you slowly but surely also begin to realize that coming from outside there are a couple of other gurgling sounds. As at this very moment, you see the door of your establishment open up as a seemingly normal traveler-like person steps through. But with the first step it takes, you can already see the visage of this person begin to bubble and turn into the clay-like appearance of one of the faceless stalkers the shape-shifting minions of the shepherd that has seemingly infiltrated the very lake house where you all reside. Gross. It lunges forward, and I would like all of you to go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw, including Buddy in this one. Oh, wait, no. Mm -hmm. uh, sans Buddy, because he would not... Uh, dexterity be, uh, saving throw? You mean reflex? Uh, sorry. Reflex, excuse me. Yeah. I'm playing 5th edition. 28. Oh no! Fucking train of my <laughs> dice worked, bitches! Natural one for six. Natural one? Nice. Natural one for oh. nine. <laughs> for nine, though. For nine, though. The Bruce is more fucked than you are. Alright, so as you are standing here on one of the side chambers, the faceless stalker just begins to bolt. As each and every one of you tries to jump away, Tarush, you are the one that is grabbed by his doughy demeanor and pushed through the actual window, glass shattering as both of you come tumbling down onto the streets, making this encounter a little bit more extravagant, if you will. So, with that, we go towards the battle map. Let's see here. Need to get this ready a little bit. Take your time. If you want, maybe yeah. this is a good point to take a break a bit early, though. Uh, a little bit too early, I think. Mm. 
So, um, as this is going on, I'm getting ready to battle map Edge. Uh, you are the first one to have a actual turn, so you can still go ahead and tell me what it is you would like to do. Well, first, Edge is going to groan, because what they really want to do right now is just let that faceless stalker have him. <laughs> but they made a promise to Crowan. So they're gonna jump out the window after Jerush. Alright, so as you jump out of the window down towards each and every one that is standing there, go ahead and uh, make me a reflex saving throw as you try to uh, nicely land on the ground for me. That's a natural too, but I'm gonna use my, my hero point. Woo. Because uh, I have one. If, if I may intercede, though, uh, jumping is athletics, not reflex saving throw. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, well, it's basically because Edge is jumping out of the window like 20 feet down. Yeah, it's intentional. That I makes it more athletics. I would probably use even. my acrobatics to kind of like do some awesome much shit. Uh, yeah, athletics literally jumping. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let I am me... going to use my hero point to reroll that. Wait, falling. There we go. Uh, falling on a... Alright, if you land on a creature, landing is almost impossible. Oh no, wait. Fuck it. What did we say that we are gonna do? Just homebrew it live. You said uh, reflex saving throw. Reflex it is, because that's the, the thing that you need to do when you land on another creature. I was... Uh, uh, mixing those up. Okay, that's a but still, 20. we'll just do that. That's a 22. 22! Yes. Very nice, very nice. I rolled nice. a 12 and I have right. plus 10. I'm a reflex save, bitch! And for the sake of this, we will say that you are able to jump out of the window without actually getting any damage. Uh, but that will be your first turn, or sorry, your first action of this turn. And to get things ready, we have... Next to Tarouche. Is he is. on, on top of Tarouche? No, we will say for the sake of this that they are next to each other. Uh, however, there are also a couple of scum nearby. As we find just crawling out of the sewers right over there, lying in wait. Not one, not two, but three different... Uh, similar-looking sewer scouts that you have fought before with their crossbow slash harpoon guns at the ready to assail each and every one of you. So. Well, since I uh, practiced my lightning last night, mm -hmm. um, if I step here, can I hit him without hitting Tarouche? Uh, let me take a look. Or would I uh, have to do no. one step further. Yeah, you would have to do one step further, yes, okay. because right now you're not adjacent to uh, to the guy. But right over there... Well, I do believe that my lightning is a range thing. Oh, is that so? Yeah, if it's, it's, it's a range, 30, then, uh... 30 feet range. Oh, okay, in that case you could already... I was just mostly worried about hitting Tarush as a... Gotcha. Yeah, no, basically uh, friends can jump out of the way because they can basically coordinate with you, so friends don't really give those uh, high amounts of penalties okay. out there. And then in I'm this just... case, I'm on the ground anyway. Yeah. yeah, then I'm just gonna stay where I was, but I am gonna shoot some lightning blasts at that ugly motherfucker. Oh, snap. 
It rolled down the table. Ooh, ooh, 17 plus nine is 26 to hit. Ooh, 26 will hit. Yeah, go ahead. Yay. Okay, uh, that's not a lot of damage, but still. Oh, it is if I roll a six on my d6. That's seven damage. Lightning. Seven points of damage. As you jump out of the window, nice three-point landing. <laughs> With your other hand already coalescing the electrical devilish energy from your heritage, you blast it outward, and as the face of the stalker, its doughy demeanor comes up, it is completely blasted to the side, <laughs> giving this horrendous screech as it tries to assail you and your companions. Uh, now refresh my, my memory, DM, because the last <laughs> time that we fought a faceless stalker, it was in an anti-magic cone. Right? Correct. Yeah, so that we don't really know much. Right. Um, did they have any resistances or anything to physical attacks? Like bludgeoning? Um, well, you can go ahead and make me a... Uh, let's no, no, no. See. I, I, I mean, if, if Edge doesn't remember, then... I say Tarush just spends one action on a check for that, because... It's a check to, like, do yes. this. Oh, right, yes, yeah, sorry. So, um, for now, I don't think that all of you... You can go ahead and make me a straight-up intelligence check real quick. Just as your memory will say. Yeah. Like me, Edge's intelligence isn't that fantastic. But, like, I remember Edge... Uh, sorry, Tarush stabbing one to death, so... Yeah. But I also think I rolled very badly in 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 that uh, fight, and I rolled a nine. So. Then I'm afraid at this point you don't really know or remember anything specific. The main thing that you indeed remember is the the whole point that you fought in an anti-magic cone, which made things uh really really weird. Okay. Um. Can I use an action to help Tarush up off the ground? Um, you can. Well, well, jump. Oh, wait. And, oh, one for your, you you have a one action uh, cantrip. Sorry, I keep forgetting. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's afraid, a heritage thing. Yeah. yeah, but I'm afraid that right now you would still have to walk forward and get him up. So those will be two actions, I'm afraid. Okay. So you only have one action left. Then I am just gonna stand next to the motherfucker and hiss at him. Getting up close and personal. Yep, Very well. Try to make him focus on me. All right. Because I'm the tank. <laughs> yes, and yes, you are. Please tank. <laughs> <laughs> Which point I also need to get a couple of things in order. All right. So, but first we will say we will go to uh, Olam with a 23 on the perception check. I think. Was? No, I had a 27. Oh, you had a 27. Oh, sorry, Lyra. Lyra is now having their turn. Uh, excuse me. So, let's get this ready. At turn. At turn. At turn. At turn. At turn. And at... Oh. Okay, turn the volume up on this one as well. I can and I will. Like, by a lot. I'll manage it on my side. Huh. Weird that uh, all the the volumes are so low. This no, time it's around. it's just the these two new songs, oh. newish. Let's see here, Edge. You were at eight twenty-seven. 
you are gone. Uh, Tarush, what was your initiative again? I rolled a 12, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a 6, so 18. 18. And Olam, do you remember what your initiative was? 13. Um, 13. Thank you so much. And don't forget the thingy-mabub. The thingy-mabub? Artifact. Yeah. Indeed. Um, because... Ooh, nice little ghost sound. Yeah. But I will uh, I will wait with that one until Buddy actually has their turn. The ghost sound from Savage Combat Smurfs. Uh, because first, Lyra is standing there. And she is going to... Let's see. Yeah, take a couple of steps towards the edge. So uh, she can at least look out of the window. And then uh, look at you, Olam, and goes... Well, the last time that beam of light of yours had uh, a little bit of a warm-up, so let's see if we can speed it up a little bit. And she touches you as a small jolt of electricity runs through you and you are hasted. And you get another action at each and every turn. Alright, at which moment, Buddy is having their turn, and Buddy is going to take a step forward as a war cry <laughs> emanates from the chamber behind him. As the rest of the scum downstairs, with their crossbows at the ready, all look up in awe at this small scum that is just standing there, chest bare, with his shirt half open. However, oh, uh, Tarush, may I make a little it? addendum to this? There's an Go electric ahead. guitar. I am scum. <laughs> I am scum. Very well. However. As Buddy is stepping towards this place, you can see that he's a little bit distraught, looking at one group of friends fighting another group of friends, looking forward, looking back, looking forward, looking back. And right now, he is just going to... Let's see here... Oof, all right. Um, he's just stunned at this moment, not knowing which side to fight for. That makes sense. Poor little guy. Yeah, he's going to watch us slaughter them. And that's kind of sad. Um, or, you, or you can try to uh, to convince Buddy to join your cause. Yeah. Well, However, I I don't really have a connection with Buddy, so I, I don't feel like that would be Tarusha's place. Um, but I want to make a check to uh, recall knowledge about the um, faceless to see if there were any... Hell yeah. Um, Go, ahead. Go ahead and make me a occultism check, please. Natural 20. Um, Natural 20. 29. Sick. That is indeed a critical success. I've so, done some research in the meantime. So indeed, you have already done some research into these beings, also trying to figure out like how you could spot them, knowing that like the scent of blood uh, would permeate them. But now, thinking back on the research to what kind of defensive capabilities they would have, it seems that um, the last one you fought, being a bard, was not so far out of the realm of possibilities because you realize that their doughy demeanor has um, somehow a even stronger protective barrier against the different things that are auditory or visual in nature. So their senses are very heightened and also protected against different things. Um, so they gain a plus two status to all saves for those auditory and visual effects. 
as well as that their doughy demeanor uh, cushions the blow of any bludgeoning damage, giving them bludgeoning resistance 5. And right. with that, because you have a critical success, I will give you this. Their hit points, together with like their, their, their large physique, pretty high. Like somewhere around like 50 hit points or so. That's uh we can we can work with that. Alright, alright, alright. Um in that case, so I or Tarus screams No punching! Just stabbing, slashing, anything else. And I have two more actions. Um could you reset the song? I am going to Stay there. Oh, I feel like I should have taken some damage from a 20 feet fall. Oh, that's true. That was, um, there we go. For now, oh wait, what is fall damage? You go ahead and do your thing. I will look up the fall damage. All right, well, because your thing, yeah. Okay, so I have shocking grasp at second level prepared. So mm -hmm. Tarush lying on the ground, he's just remembering this, he screams this, and he starts whispering draconic words, Tinkun! And his staff lights up, <laughs> pulses towards his, uh, the only piece of armor that he's still wearing, the enchanted uh, metal gauntlet that helps him do touch spells, and he puts his hand forward uh, against the creature he's pinned by as electricity just whoosh, bursts forward in this this beautiful, almost lightning-like array. And I make an attack roll for a nice little 11 plus 9 plus 1 for the gauntlet. Um, so 21 against its AC, I guess? It's a touch attack spell? Yes. Touch attack should be against AC. Then with the 21, you exactly hit it. As you Whoa. reach outward, the first blast of electrical energy already, like getting it a little bit off guard, as you grasp with your gauntlet, this time touching the electrical energy permeating his body. You can see the doughy red clay-like exterior begin to ripple as a painful gurgle comes from its mouth. I exactly hit it. Ooh, 21 AC is pretty high. Nice. All right. Um, I was like, that's an easy hit, but nope. I rolled an 11 and an 8, though, for 19 damage. Ooh, as nice. It just crackles and blasts beyond him. Pieces of burned, uh, shape-shifting flesh just being crisped off and falling off. Like little pieces of, you know, when you're burning meat too hard and you just have these pieces of burnt flesh all across the pan. That's that's him. Indeed. And uh, I can add to this that he does not like it. Next to that, uh, when you fall further than five feet, you just take half of the uh, distance you fell as fall damage. So you have taken ten uh, points of damage to Rush, I'm afraid. Okay. No, that's okay. All right. At which point, the different scums that are standing at the ready, just having crawled out of the sewer systems. And now that you are having a nice little view of the street, this really does seem to be an ambush at uh, broad daylight. As you can see on both sides of the street, different civilians just being gasped already, someone shouting towards the guards. Uh, 
This is supposed to be a quick and dirty assassination. An assassination that these scum will now try to realize. As the faceless stalker, already damaged quite heavily by both electrical attacks, just takes a step backward, gurgles towards them. Kill him! As three bolts are coming in your direction, Tarush. No, but like, I'm I'm pretty nice guy. You are pretty nice guy. <laughs> but there are, however, no, you're not, Tarush. You're a grade A dick is what you are. You're such a <laughs> douche. <laughs> well, you know what the thing is? But how do you really feel, Ave? <laughs> so, with that. You know what the thing is? I'm flat-footed because I'm prone. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, a 22 to hit. Hit. A 14 to hit. Hit. No, sorry. Oh, why why am I saying this? Uh, um, miss. Yeah. All right. And an 18 to hit. Exactly. Yeah, hit. All right. I don't because have my armor were... on. It changes right. things. Because you are flat-footed, you also take increased sneak attack damage from these beings, which comes to a total of... Exactly 10 hit points of damage for both hits. <laughs> Alright. And with that, they are going to reload with their second action and then try for another volley towards you, Tarush. All the bolts are coming your way. It seems that you were the first target. Um, let's see here. Oh no, I stood on the wrong side of him. Two 14s to hit. Miss. And a 20 to hit. Hit. Alright, so this is gonna be it. This is gonna be it. So with that... Ooh, yeah, that's a 7 on the die. So uh, you take a total of... And the 3, so that's 10 points of total damage. I am unconscious. Oh no. I was checking. I don't have any healing potions. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. I might have You one. get a healing word from I, Savage Combat I, I have two healing potions, Ooh. but it's... Yeah, but I would have to spend an action to find them on your body, and then I'd have to pour them down your throat. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. But still, you Sweet. would know that Tarush has some uh, healing capabilities on his person. You had bought, like, a couple of healing potions and distributed them uh, around all of you. However, <laughs> with that, the volley does hit true as different bolts... Fuck! And Tarush just begins to, like, <coughs> crumble down, not able to combat, bleeding out slowly. We now, go to Olam. I don't know. Yeah, I want to say I want to agree with Crystal in chat that Savage Combat <laughs> Smurf might be Ave in disguise. But on the other hand, Savage Combat Smurfs did heal me. So, like, it's it's I'm, I'm torn on this never. hypothesis. I would let Tarush die because I really, really fucking hate that character, man. <laughs> But you were just searching for healing potions on yourself. No, so... no, it, it was a consideration. Okay, okay, okay. I was checking because I did have one, but I do believe that I took it at some point because I was really low. Because I'm the tank and I take a lot of damage. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm jumping down. I can't fall prone because I'm a cat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I will. I will have to have you make a. Uh, like, basically, what we're saying here, like, fall damage, it just happens. So, technically, you would just have to take 10 points of damage because you fell down. I also take half fall damage. Wait, wait, wait. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. literally not 
sure if you're joking or not. I'm sorry. No, no, okay. it's not a joke. <laughs> I am probably a tabaxi thing, yeah. All right. So, you have no time to waste. Olam, you are, you are hasted. You quickly jump down. Just land, feeling a little bit of oomph in your legs, but still, five points of damage is the only things that happen to you right now. You still have three actions left, because you are hasted. Uh, and I'm going to start up my inner radiance torrent. Yeah. Inner right. radiance torrent. And I'm going to do that for two uh, whole turns, so I'm going to warm it up. And then... All right. So you are charging your Kamehameha Blast once again. Yeah. Very well. All right, as you begin to slowly coalesce the energies of the galaxy itself, turning it into this sparkling red, orange, and yellow bolts of radiant energy, that is all you do for now. But what does Edge do? Oh, no, wait. Uh, before we get to Edge, we have the artifact that uh, begins to swirl into different energies. The first one... We set the music. We have two heals for Breaking truth. Roll 20. Yep. Mm. There we go. First off, as Buddy is clearly distraught by what is happening here on the streets, his small little fish claws over the railing uh, as it just peers down towards the onslaught, seeing one of its friends, Tarouche, felled by other friends of his. A convincing illusion shows up as his mind is a little bit clouded as he now sees the different scum standing there for what is really going on. Not free like he is, but mind controlled as he can almost see different tentacles going from the back of their mind all the way up into the sky where this vast fish seems to float in the air three red eyes as he looks towards the shepherd who is controlling all his companions and the sadness turns into rage as his claws begin to pierce the wood of the railing. As this is going on, the artifact also sends out two whiffs towards Tarush to quickly turn the tide of this battle as Tarouge is healed a total of, because you guys are level 3 right now, 10, 20, 25 hit points. <laughs> almost completely getting him back up yeah. to full. <laughs> I have 26 hit points total, Which so very that's nice. pretty funny. <laughs> Let's get him all the way back up to 25, as the different wounds that you had sustained by the different bolts one by one, your body begins to push out all of these bolts until cling, 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 you only have a couple of pinpricks left in your body. Still wounded, still feeling the hurt, but invigorated enough by the magic of the artifact so you can continue this combat. I knew, I knew that when it comes down to it, the chat loves to hate him enough to save him. <laughs> and it seems that the scum being enslaved, of course, by the Eboleth, do not dodge the wrath of the artifacts, because as this is happening, it seems that all the warmth that entered your body was stolen from one of the scum as a bolt of ice energy jettons forward and one of them takes 12 points of cold damage, almost taking him all the way to the brink of death itself. All right, with that being done, we now go to Edge. And I need to get a snack. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the daddy what I'm gonna do when the daddy is away from the from the computer. That's awesome. Just do it and take all the damage you you imagine. So I rolled uh, two nat twenties on my flurry of blows. Are you, are you for real? No, of course not. You fucking walked know. away. You I, were like, Edge, you're up, and then you wow. walked yeah. away. What are you doing now? Pop, pop, flurry blows. Wow, wow. First one does not hit, it's a natural one. You are correct. Second one's a fucking natural one. We have talked about this, sir. You were doing so well. The pain of being like bombarded by different bolts is nothing to Tarush than the pain of him having told people not to hit and then see you not once but twice hit the doughy demeanor of this faceless stalker and your fist just sinking into it a little bit. You can still hear Tarush groan on the ground like, Ugh. All right, all right, I get it, shut up! And I'm gonna do my electric blast. Do I apply the multi-attack penalty even though none of my attacks hit yet? Do you Friends make go. an attack roll? If so, the answer is yes. Yes. Okay. 12? 12. This time, the doe-like flesh of this faceless stalker already singed by electrical energy once before you try to push out your hand, but before you can, it grabs your wrist, pulls it upward, and your lightning just goes wide into the air. As you see these deep black hollow abysses just stare into your very being, way too close for comfort as it begins to gets its hand ready. Is he grappling me? Oh wait, fuck! I missed, no, 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 this is just flavor. I missed okay. the turn. So he's gonna have two turns in a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah I am going to walk around him to there. Oh mm -hmm. fuck, that's gonna make me flat-footed for those fuckers. Okay, I'm gonna go to there and that's hiss at the scum. Sorry? I'm gonna hiss at the scum. <laughs> <laughs> Consider the scum hissed at. I'm gonna hit my dice. All right, so as I forgot the bastard's turn last time, the faceless stalker is now going to have two turns where it is just going to unleash an onslaught of attacks on, uh, let's see, yeah, the two people that have uh, have targeted him before. So I will just say one round of attacks goes to Tarush, and the other round of attacks goes to Edge. Um, let's go with Tarush first. Tarush wakes up and sees claws coming at him. <laughs> Indeed. As doughy claw, sorry, doughy appendages turn into razor sharp claws and then begin to rake at you for a uh, 30 total. A 30? 18 to hit and a uh, 12 to hit. To me? No, no to, to Tarush. Oh no! That's a crit, a hit, and a miss. Crit, a hit, and a miss. <laughs> full, empty, full, empty, full, empty. Alright, let's see how this goes. Um, oh god. Let's see, that is. 19. No, 19. don't double the 19. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just counting things up. That is 19. Um, <laughs> 19. 
plus, uh, no, wait. Wait, I'm being stupid. Oh, fuck. Okay, I completely did it wrong. Need to do it again. Excuse me. Let's see. Oh my god, you're killing yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Mountain Daddy, how dare you? <laughs> no, it's the, okay, I don't so blame him for being wrong. I'm just like, seven. suspense. Oh. Uh, so, 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 where is the fricker? 17 plus 6, 23. Huh? 23 points total damage. <laughs> I have two HP left. Yes. <laughs> All right. The second round of attacks going towards edge. Let's see. Okay, first one of 30 to hit again. Is 10 above your AC a critical hit? Yes. Right, so. Critical. All right. Uh, the second one is only going to be a 13. No, miss. And the last one even lower, a 7. Yeah, misses. All right, so you only take the critical hit. Whew, which is um, going to be uh, doubled, so that is 21. I'm okay. I'm hurt, but I'm okay. All right. Those were its turns, as Lyra is taking a, a long look at the battlefield, and let's see, what is she going to do today? Hmm. Um, yeah, she is going to cast Agonizing Despair. see uh all right so it will be uh, yeah as an enchantress lyra can only basically cast spells with um uh like emotional and like auditory things so it will be a little bit easier for the face of stalker to support it but nevertheless she will go ahead and try um, <laughs> i feel like i have to put the chat on my instagram now <laughs> you take dick and everyone's like is that depressing though yeah, it's, like, it's called sarcasm people come on <laughs> jesus christ oh, i'm dying in the meantime uh it seems that the one that is dying is actually the faceless stalker because it fills its save but only two points so lyra stands there uh one action she turns towards body and just goes Look, my dear friend, I have no idea if you can understand me at this point, but it's time you make a choice which side you are fighting for. I know mine. You there, faceless abomination. Your master is losing any and all allies it has. Even sending you out in the midst of day, you have no chance of survival, let alone victory. Just lie down and die. But those words carry with it the energy of an enchantress which actually deals damage, Ugh, not a lot, only uh, nine points of damage, but it does seem to frighten the faceless stalker as its demeanor is slowly but surely getting more dire. You can see its shoulders hunch over a little bit, almost looking like a, a cornered animal becoming frightened. That is its turn, at which point, Buddy, um, Turning into a uh, a actual uh, spellcaster, um, instead of just creating, making him a, a first level spellcaster, because you guys had uh, completed ritual with a critical amount of successes, I will say that he is basically promoted 
towards a second level, uh, what I created, Scum Crystal Priest. So basically the same stat block as you saw and combated before in the sewer systems of Farwater. Um, and being a Scum Crystal Priest, he takes a look at you, Tarush, and with one hand outstretched, you can hear his gurgle go, in a similar way that the Scum Crystal Priest in the sewers had its vocal cords strengthened and its very sounds being able to damage or heal, it casts Soothe on you. What? So, let's see here. Thank God uh, he's not smart enough to know what Tarush thinks of him. <laughs> yeah, thank God, Tarush. see here. All right, you don't so, deserve his kindness. <laughs> so you heal a total of uh, nine hit points. Uh, and you gain a plus two status bonus to saves against mental effects for uh, one minute. Ooh! Nine hit points and plus two against mental two effects. Two to all mental uh, effects. Cool. All right. Um, and with his last turn, he will just stand there and be sad for his friends. At which point we go to Tarush. All right. Um... Yeah, I'm kind of... Like, the thing is... I have this nice area attack that I wanted to use before Edge got there. Edge, what's your fortitude like? I think like a plus eight. Uh, yeah. Trush will try not to escalate things, so he's gonna... Do something. Tarush will use. You can knock me out all you want, as long as you apologize as soon as I wake up, so I don't have to break your nose again. Okay, that's oh fair. Oh my god, that... I hate that you're thinking about it. <laughs> then I will actually take some better positioning before doing it. So Tarush rolls over to here as his first action. Fabida, fabida, fabida. Just, just kind. Of, well, he kind of well. Rolling implies that Tarush has... He's very strong, but he's not very graceful, so he more like just kind of pushes away and slaps away the fucking faceless and slides towards a better position as he goes... And there's this, like, this sandy um, blast just erupting from his mouth as the crystal on his staff held by two... Uh, stainless steel dragons lights up and the sad just blasts forth and forth and I use gritty wheeze and Ooh, everyone needs to make a fortitude save alright so the, including oh, edge god uh, and the two scum standing behind there yeah, I'm, I'm figuring? yeah so it's uh, it's all of them so all, uh, it's a cone so all except the <laughs> left turnmost scum Yes. All right. So the two. Me too. No. Uh. The two scum have a uh, twelve and an eleven on their saving throws, respectively. Nice. The uh, faceless stalker uh, getting away a little bit better with a twenty total. Ah, uh, twenty is an ex like fuck. Okay. Ah, twenty-two. Nice. Hey. All right. So that means. Um. Let me get my... It's not a lot of damage, but that's not the point. Let me get my D4s out. So that would be 
two and three, that's five. So uh, two damage on Edge and the Stalker. Okay. And uh, five damage on the two uh, Scum, and they are also dazzled for one round. All right. Sorry, the... what was the damage to me? Uh, two. Okay, cool. The scum standing behind the edge, already being assailed by the artifact as cold damage uh, uh, pretty much rattled its body. With a failure on the save, that will be enough to actually knock it out as the sandblast just <laughs> knocks it on its ass, unable to get back up. The other one, dazzled and quite hammered by it as it begins to try and get like the dry sand out of its eyes, getting ready to try and unleash another bolt at, uh, at anyone. If yeah. you can find the and Dazzled is beautiful because it, it just, like, everything's concealed from it. I, yep. I love it. Alright, All right. Um, that would be my turn at this point. I want to do more, but... Can you always know, get just, what you want. There's never enough actions in a turn. Alright. Um, this time around, as uh, you, Tarush, are standing behind uh, their ally, and uh, Edge also being someone that has done uh, quite a little bit of damage, um, I think the two scum are going to try and hit Edge. So, first off, they need to reload, shoot, and reload again, so they only get one attack each. Um, so the first one is Dazzled. I'll try and shoot at Edge. That will be enough. Uh, that's a 14 on the die, so it is capable of, like, swirling towards Edge and try to, uh, to hit it. Um, the two hit, however, is only going to be a 13. So Which even place? though... It, it could point in your general direction, but not well enough to actually hit you. The second one is exactly the same roll, a 13 to hit again. Yeah, no. So both bolts miss. As Olam, charging up your bolts, what do you do? Yeah, well, um, Edge is kind of in the way, but I, but I already well, prepared. Well, you are hasted, so you have one additional action. So you could actually walk and then use three other actions to blast your thingy, I will say. That, that's okay. It's, it's not completely what the spell says, but I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, that, that, that's fine. Then I'm going to stand over here so I can hit the Faceless Stalker and the... the oh, yeah. Uh, not body. Scum. There you go. Very good. Um, so they have to make... Uh, basic reflex save. Basic reflex. The scum rolls a total of uh, 17. That doesn't make it, no. And the face is stuck. Ooh! That's a 4 on the die for a total of. Uh, 13. Doesn't make it, but it is not. Uh, Alright, so both failed their save. Then I will roll 8d4. Oh, shit. I only have 7, so I have to re-roll one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is allowed. It is dead. I think I'm, I missed some. I need to have... Well, actually, okay. So. Uh, rumble, rumble. These are 3 fours. Good, 8, 12. 16. 18. 19. And yes, a uh, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Damage. All right. So, as your hasted movement allows you to shift your weight to the other side, the faceless stalker, just having enough time to see you, 
but not enough time to jump out of the way. You can see its arms go upward as you blast it with a bolt of concentrated galaxy starlight energy going past the faceless stalker, completely evaporating the scum that is standing behind it. As the blast subsides, you can still see the bastard is breathing. Oh, and um, I become shining. So Ooh. if he uh, ends his turn in my area, adjacent to me, uh, he gets one force damage. All right. So yes. your aura is just emanating. I think that's for Tarush as well, right? I think that's for everybody. It says creature, so yeah, I think yeah. so. So everybody that is standing next to Olam, after she bursted a bowl of energy, you can see that all of the different stars on her fur are now alight with red, orange, yellow light, and the force itself begins to burn off of you, off of her, into all of your general directions. Um, I'm sorry. So what is the effect? If you end your turn next to Olam, you mm -hmm. get damage. Okay. Edge, what do you do? Uh, don't we have the artifact first? Oh, we do indeed. Excuse we do. Me. We have three artifacts. We have uh, some healing. Yeesh. All right. So, the artifact still pulsing with green fourth wall breaking energy sends out a couple of whiffs. First off, Tarush, seeing that you are almost dead on the ground, a green shield envelops you. Basically, just strengthening the armor set that you're already wearing. But next to that, two different bolts of healing come both your and Edge's way, healing each of you for seven hit points. Yeah, 25 last round. What the hell, man? It's 3d6. You're level three. It's a d6 per, uh, per level. Sometimes a little bit more. Okay. I rolled two ones and a five this time. Well, I'm over, I'm over half also again, for me? so I'm happy. Yes, seven hit points. Seven hit points. Nice. I'm happy with that. So okay. plus five to AC for the rest of the round? Uh, for the next attack. Well, since I can't hit the doughy boy, I'm going to walk over there. Hop, 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 flurry of blows. Back, back. That is a 21 for the first hit. It's... Oh, that sucks a little bit. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. 11 for the second. 11 misses, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, stunning strike on the first one. Needs to make a fort save. For uh, which he rolls a 15. Four damage, and he does not make a save, so he loses one action on his next turn. Nice. And while I'm there, I'm gonna try to shoot some more lightning at that ugly motherfucker. Very good. Please roll high. Ooh, 19. 19 misses, I'm afraid. All right, that bastard has 21 for eight. Yeah. I was really close with like an eight on my multi-attack penalty. I'm sorry. Like the uh, the light energy Olam only did damage. It didn't uh, like dazzle or, or blind or do anything else to this creature. Just damage. Right. No, it would have blinded if it had a critical fail, but it hadn't. Ah, uh, okay. In that case, still looking very bad. It just turns around, sees Edge come towards it with its electrical energy once again, already learning the pattern 
that Edge needs to charge it up before she, un uh, sorry, they unleash it. It can just dodge out of the way, almost hitting you, Olam, as the electrical bolt just whizzes by your head into the wall behind you. But it has dodged. Sorry! <laughs> that, that's right. it. I, I attacked well. twice and I moved. So. At which moment, the face of the stalker looks down towards you, Tarush, and just goes... No, no, wait! Uh, Edge, I completely forgot. Uh, Lyra gave the face the stalker because it failed, frightened two. So its AC is lessened by two, so a 19 exactly hits. Oh, yay! Okay! Because it was scared. Yay! All right. That's, that's again a one on the die, so he gets two more damage. Two more damage. Yay! How do you want to do this? Oh! <laughs> uh, two hit points left. No way! Exactly, at exactly two hit points. So I'm not I making just, this up. I just, you know, I just pummel the scum a little bit, and I turn around, and I charge up my, my energy, and I see it already looming over Tarush, and I'm just like, he better deserve this, and I let it go, and his head explodes. Tarush, you are laying there on the ground, once again seeing the clay-like demeanor of the faceless stalker turn its doughy hand into a sharp claw, with the last little bit of energy just goes, for the master, I give my life for yours. As it is trying to go pierce through the shield of the artifact, it tries to push through, it tries to push through, at which point you hear, and the face explodes. Different fleshy, dough-like bits are luckily bouncing off of the shield, not hitting you, <laughs> keeping you clean. At which point, the rest of the body bounces off of the shield, lands next to you, completely spent. Jerusha at this point is just leaning against the side of the wall, half still like kind of sitting, more like. Uh, as he watches this happen, he's like, Oh, they're gonna keep talking about this for hours. At which point <laughs> you can see that the last scum, their leader dead, just takes one step back and jumps back into the entrance to the sewers as it gets away, swimming away swiftly. Can and I each try and every to one stop of you... it from doing that? Uh, do you have a tax of opportunity? No. In that case, I'm afraid it's gone. But as it leaves the battlefield, all of you heaving and hoeing, a couple of civilians come walking towards you, checking if you are all right. A couple of moments later, you can already hear the shaking of chainmail armor as different silver sentinels comes towards the scene. But for now, this assassination attempt has been thwarted. And we go ahead and take a little break. Fuck yeah, Shepard. Oh, bam, 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 bam. I got you. I got you. We got gotcha. you. In your face, savage combat yeah. turfs. But also, thank you very much for the heels. I very much appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And a very nice little story moment, making this the the baptism in fire of Buddy, the uh, the crystal priest that is now capable enough of aiding you guys in combat and has now also seen the rest of the scum are just slaves to the shepherd can i be honest i can just see the rest of the party jack being like oh they'll be fine and, <laughs> and colin being like no i'm too depressed so, yeah, <laughs> it's just like 
you know, holding his knees on his bed, just rocking back yeah, and forth. Just feet just like, in this fetus position, yeah, fetal position, yeah. What did I do? <laughs> but like, I love, I love what happened to. Oh crap! And after the we break, get we get, box. we get, you get a loot box Yay! because of the beautifulness of, uh, of our Lord Nideko. Thank you, Nideko. Yeah, I think this is, uh, I think, I think this is very well because. I love this. Service Comrades Mirth. You have opened up an entire new avenue with what you have done right now. Because right now you have basically put Buddy in a position that he might very well be the next leader of the scum. Yeah. Learning that his people are being enslaved. Yeah. You did not derail anything. That was no, no, awesome. Oh, fucking storytelling. All because of you. Crystal, Eighth, I'm just looking at you. We're getting a loot box. We, as three... We're getting a loot Are box. We're getting a loot box. Yeah. 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 No work, no play. Uh -uh. You don't yeah. in, you don't get paid. That's yeah. how it works. No play, no pay. <laughs> no money, circuit cook. Yeah. Collaborative storytelling. And, of course, stabbing people that didn't come to the session in the back. This is all what tabletop RPGs are about. Exactly. See you guys in 15 minutes. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Ha, bye. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. And we're back. So, to jump back into this beautiful game that we just left off. Last we left off, as you were making yourselves ready and trying to tack off all of the different things still on your to-do list before you could go ahead and confront the big bad evil guy, the shepherds, the fish abomination known as an aboleth who is spreading dark magics throughout the city of Farwater. One of these things that you wanted to tack off is see what could be done with Buddy. One of the minions previously of the shepherd a, uh, a fish goblinoid uh, sort of creature known as a scum that you turned friend and who you now tried to learn some magics. Performing a ritual with Buddy that seemed very, very fruitful, turning him into an actual capable magic caster. However, the chat, realizing what has done, immediately provided a test for Buddy. As a scum raid was bought, and the shepherds sent out multiple minions to combat you and Buddy alike. Buddy, realizing through this encounter that the shepherd had basically enslaved all of the scum, realizing that you are the ones that are free, and he must align himself with the likes of you to see if he can free his people, you were eventually victorious, with Edge being the one that electrically made the head of a faceless stalker explode into a nice bundle of pieces on the streets of Farwater itself. The somewhat clear but cloudy sky giving a nice little cold breeze as the adrenaline begins to slowly subside from all of you. Different civilians coming to look on how you defended yourself from this assassination attempt as, for a moment, you jump back into action, as you can see the dough-like, uh, clay-like body of the Faceless Stalker begin to 
swell for a moment as all of you instinctively grab your weapons again not sure of what is about to happen eventually the dough bursts open and just peels away as a beautiful wooden chest is made apparent within the body of the faceless stalker magically you see a small whiff of energy from the artifact go towards the lock of this chest and you hear the chest open up before we get to the loot i would very much like the the healing word that sarah gravia gave me very well (laughs) another whiff of energy also alleviates a lot of the pain that edge is currently feeling with a total of uh, 10. 10 points of healing. Ooh, yay! Oh, I'm almost back on, on top. Thank you! Alright. So, with that being said, you have, standing before you, a loot box! Bestowed to you by none other than one of our viewers, Nideko. Thank you very much for that. What in the name of the 11 fucking divines? I'm going to rush over to the chest and I'm going to use my staff to try and carefully open the lid a little bit. Okay, so it's not trapped. Okay, I I just, yeah. I just kind of like, (laughs) you'll have potions, right? Sort of like in in the direction (laughs) of Tarush while I go look what's in this chest. All right, so for the sake of this, because this is a random loot box, uh, we are going to roll on some tables and just see what kind of niceties you find. So uh, let's start off nice and easy. Uh, Tarush, um, I have brought this back to uh, only d20s that need to be rolled, so we can all roll them in chat right now. Um, As we start with two d20s and add those numbers together, and that will be the total number of gold pieces that you have found within this chest. Uh, let's see if I can't just immediately turn that into... No, let's just do it separately and not make it complicated. Yeah. That is a three. And... A 17 for a total of 20. Total of 20. All right, so Edge, you take out a small little pouch and as you open it up you find an assortment of different copper, silver and gold pieces amounting to this very amount. However, beneath it we see some other shiny things. Because uh, this box will also have two um, one-time use magical items and one permanent magical item. So for that we first need two d20s to uh, get ourselves some nice little usable items all right uh one is one no 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 number oh. one is in the 11. two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven Ooh, very nice you open uh it up and you see in a small glass case that a small little it seems like a a, a carved piece of wood in the form of a feather and as you take it out, we will we will just skip forward a little bit as you uh, eventually would also identify these items. Uh, no. As you find a bird feather token. So let me get that up. 
That's the one-time magical use? Yeah, that's one of the one-time yeah. magical uses. Okay. But I need to... There we go. Feather token. Feather token bird. Um, when activated, this token transforms into a small sparrow that waits on your finger for you to relay a message up to one minute in length, along with the name and rough location of the recipient. The recipient must be someone you have met, and the location must be somewhere you have visited. After receiving the message, the bird flies off to deliver it, traveling at 30 miles per hour, and then searching for the target and the location you provided. If the bird finds the target, it moves adjacent to them, your words emanate from the bird, and the bird then flies off and vanishes. So it's basically a one-time messenger that you can use and uh, it can fly for up to 10 hours that's beautiful so you could yeah so you cool. could relay a message for up to 300 miles away which is very nice because you guys well you don't have like magical means yet to quickly communicate with different people so this will uh, will come in very handy i love nice. it all right and the next one was the 12th it's 12. Uh, the one right one, after two, three, four, five six seven uh, ooh. As you uh, open up and a uh, small little vial uh, is found within it uh, with a clear label on it. And as you begin to shake the concoction around a little bit, you can already see that it is a almost metallic fluid, completely silver in, uh, in its origin. And the label reads that it is a quicksilver mutagen of the moderate variety. So, ingesting this will give you a nice little bonus to basically all different things dexterous, including attack rolls, uh, speed, while uh, also giving you a little bit of a penalty to your hit points and your fortitude, I think. But nevertheless, a, a nice little boon to have as well. But then, and only then, we need to roll another d20 to realize what kind of permanent magical item is added to the party. Are you posting these in Discord as well for us? Yeah, I will I will eventually post all these. I'm in writing them right down. Now, but, uh... Cool. Okay, last roll. Is a four. Four. One, two, three, four. Alright. Very easily done. As you find within the chest a small stone, uh, a nice little polished stone slab. Uh Tarush, you would know these kinds of things. Different kinds of equipment can be enchanted by um, so-called runes, uh, reusable, unbound, normative enchantments. Basically, different enchantments that can be put and removed. Yeah, I, I thought this through. It works. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like... things, yeah, reusable, unbound. So it's both like you can uh, use ruined, it on different yeah. places. You can take it from different things. Normative enchantments. Because it's like a basic kind of enchantment. Um, and, and this is one of these rune stones that carries one of these enchantments. Uh, taking a look at it uh, with a quick little, um, uh, what you call it, translation, it roughly translates to a shadow rune. So basically this could be uh, put onto a set of magical armor to increase stealth capabilities. All right. So I think a, a edge or a, a crow would be, uh, be very I don't wear pleased. armor. I, still I, though, you, you are still technically wearing armor, namely you are wearing um, adventurer's clothes, which basically just counts as a set of armor for the purposes of these sorts of things. Well, So you could try to enchant your normal clothes yeah. and then put this on. For but example. first we need to enchant it. Yes. Um, so I will take this because my, I think my plate armor is the most uh, stealth, um, what's the word? 
let's put it incapacitating type of armor. So shadow ruin. Yes. Is that okay with yep. the two of you? Fine by me. But so... either way, we have to enchant it first, so it's of no use to anyone right now. Also, Crowan ain't here. Crowan ain't getting shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so basically when you when you would put these uh, this rune on a set of armor, you get a plus one item bonus to stealth checks while wearing the armor. Um, however, um, you have uh, a basic enchantment that needs to be put on the armor first. So you have like just like you you guys are now have weapons that are plus one, right? So you can you can hit more easily with them. That is like a prerequisite to get all kinds of special enchantments on those weaponry. Yeah, exactly. The same applies the same applies to armor. So you would first have to buy like the the basic armor enchantment, which gives you more defense, and then that opens up a slot for one of these shadow runes, for example, that is a, a, a specific kind of thing. Okay, so if I may make a suggestion, Olam, Edge, we go get our payment from the captain, we get our stuff enchanted, and the next session we're like, hey, Maxime, hey, Vincent. <laughs> no? Well, I mean... I mean... Sure, but Olam wanted to do something after breakfast, oh, which yeah. would be Olam right still around has a thing now. As well, that's fair. Yeah, it, it hasn't any rush or something, you know. If we if we want to steal money in front of our other people, I'm I'm fine. No, no, no. Let's put the actual role-playing relevant things first. I I. It's it's fine. difficult to divide twenty gold by three, though. I'll I'll just take a little more. Un, un, unless Edge wants to also incorporate an Edge ta uh, tax like Tarush does, and just give give each of you uh, five gold and keep ten for themselves. <laughs> would that be considered taking the edge off? Yes. Uh, yes, it would. But okay, so. Or I can give you all six. So Edge starts and looting and dividing, myself. as the rest of us. Or at least Tarush is still healing the wounds. <laughs> I cannot wait until we have killed the shepherd. Yes, we should really go do that sometime. But um, I, I first want to uh, do something myself. Will you need us for this? Well, you can help search. I am just, it's, uh, I, I did a thing. I'm not sure if I told you guys about this already. Um, but, uh, you know Saloon? The goddess. Yes. The one you are in touch with. Yes. Okay. Well, apparently there's more. Uh, so, uh, there's, uh, something that is some, some one. That I've met, uh, it is uh, a couple, uh, multiple stars together, um, and uh, we we are friends now. But I'm I I think I want to see if Sorel maybe have something uh, that that could tell me if there is more out there uh, than than that I know with the stars and uh, and uh, everything that is out there. Well, historically, we have been assigning gods to, to the lights we see in the in the sky, but yeah, but they didn't they didn't have a name. I gave I gave a name to them because they didn't have 
one yet. Oh. So I I'm I don't think it's like Saloon, but maybe it is. But it wasn't really found by anyone yet. But th then I found it, and I now we are friends. I have urgent duties to attend to on behalf of my superiors within the Cerulean Circle, as I explained last night, but I wish you all the best. Yes, yes. Don't, uh, I, I can, I can go to you if I'm done with looking, I but shall... I'm not sure if you want. Perhaps I do. Simply wait here. I do not know where life takes me. I shall find out what is required of me and come back to collect whatever I need. Okay. Okay. And are you, Edge, what are you going to do? Edge is just like counting out the money. What? Well, I am going to search in that thing from Sorel where he has all that, that books. Uh, and he is going to see what he has to do. But I was wondering what you are going to do. Do you want to join? You can help me look, but if you don't want to, that's okay. I I, I can definitely help you look, but I don't know if uh, if the Lake House Library is the, is the best place to look for answers. Well, it's, I don't it's... know really where to look if I am not going to look there. Much as I hate to admit it, Edge has a point. Oh. Perhaps we could set up a ritual so you can talk to your god and or, ask her? Or the library of the Cerulean Circle. It has less folklore, probably, but more scientific and properly examined material to investigate. I'm sure I could get you access with a bit of luck. I I do have some, some writing that I wanted to uh, get to. I suppose I could find a quiet spot in the library and work on that while you go look. So, okay, a lot of, a, a lot of words. We are going to the Cerulean Circle then. Yes? Yes, they have a lot of books that of, are... Of not the folklore, but the other thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Think of it. It's easier to find information and better information when we find it. Think of it as the difference between... One would be a story told from generation upon generation. Valuable. But... The details will get muddled over time. That would be the lake house. The Cerulean Circle would be more of a scientific method. One plus one equals two. Small words, Darish. Small words. Scientific. We'll go with you to the library. I will search for star things, and if I don't find it there, I will just ask shh. Yes. Ask. And Tarush looks over at Edge in a moment of confusion, 
Yes. Yes. And I give each of them six gold. I'm going to keep eight for myself. Nice. Six gold pieces. Um, Hey, I've been tipping a lot of people, okay? No, no, no. This is perfect. Um, Hey, Bouter, while we're at the Cerulean Circle, I want to buy access or someone to give me a scroll or let me write down Animus Mine, a second level spell. Um, It will come in... Oh, no! Never mind. It's only a cult. Oh. Never mind. Big sad. Yeah, very sad. Big sad. It would be perfect. It's a mental mind against mental abilities. I I was like, oh, this could be perfect against the shepherd. (laughs) Um, Alas. Alas. All right. uh, Let's head towards the Cerulean Circle. All right. Uh, Your companion Lyra says... Well, as I am a previous employee of the Cerulean Circle, but no longer employed by them, I will stay here and uh, make sure that Zorel and the rest of the Lake House know of whatever this mess was and what has transpired. Um, I don't really feel like showing my face in uh, in their offices uh, just yet. I do not either. But in the meantime, perhaps you find a nice place for us to dine this evening. Oh, I already have. Don't you worry about that. Now, go do your business at the Rulian Circle. I will take care of things here. I just shy- shout up to the window, You did great, buddy! And I, I, I give him a thumbs up, and I throw him a ration. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't understand what he's actually doing, but it's fine. He did so good. I'm so proud of him. Like the next time that that buddy will be eating together with you, he will give him thumbs up as like I... like enjoy your meal. <laughs> All right. So, um, with that being that, you guys, uh, I will say that this conversation had already taken place after you basically uh, talk the civilians down, give your report to the Silver Sentinels that uh, will get back to the captain eventually, uh, who are still... Badge. Sorry? Flashed our little badge. Flashed your little badge. And eventually this conversation took place within the lake house as uh, Buddy and Lyra stay here and the rest of you go towards the Cerulean Circle offices uh, a little bit to the uh, north east of your current location. You want me to pull up the battle map? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, As you make your way there, eventually you once again find this large cerulean, who would have thunk spire, rising up from the ground. Uh, And as you walk forward and you open the door, you can see that indeed the inside of this tower is way, way larger than the exterior. And uh, as you take a couple of steps in this uh, beautiful establishment, Get a little bit other ambience going. A little bit more, more high and noble and stuff. You take a step, you see once again the uh, counter. Squeeze me. No worries. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There we go. The counter standing in front of you and uh, behind it like a large plaque with engraved upon it the actual Cerulean Circle uh, with in Draconic all the different schools of magic one by one uh, depicted in very primal Draconic glyphs. Um, You can see that behind to the left a open office space 
where uh, all different kinds of quote-unquote cubicles are at the ready, different scribes scribbling away at whatever tasks they have at hand. And to your right, behind the counter, you see one path leading all the way to the back with different uh, meeting rooms and the like, and eventually also turning up into the actual office spaces of the different somewhat higher-placed individuals. And as you take a step forward, you see a somewhat familiar face. Another high elf uh, who you spoke here uh, before uh, by the name of uh, Mira, who uh, seemingly uh, still remembers you a little bit after your last conversation and pipes up. Very well. Good afternoon, Tarush. Welcome back to the Cerulean Circle. Um, of course, these were your companions. What can the Cerulean Circle do for you today? Mira, I hope you fared better than our previous meeting. Uh, business, um, keeps, um, <clears throat> I speak not evolving. of business, I speak of your candidness at work. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get as much done as possible, of course, and I'm hoping that perhaps if I once again could prove my services to a silver dragon, looking towards you to rush the, the basically title of your noble house. Perhaps that might aid in some leniency. So what can I do for all of you? So Tarush kind of leans over on the table, gets in a bit close, like not too close, but you know, there's a close. And <laughs> says, I'm sure that you're capable of proving yourself. But for In now... The... Sorry, I'm just smiling at <laughs> Yeah, yeah she, she just goes like, prove, prove, prove in, 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 in what, what way? Your... enthusiasm... She in swallows. finding Neil Hestis for me. Uh, you, you can see that she's a little bit disappointed. Right. Yeah, Ms. Hestis uh, appointed to you. Just a moment, please. And she puts down the papers that she was working with a little bit too hard, like, and walks to the office spaces. Uh, I would like to record to show that Edge is trying so hard not to mess with Tarush right now. This is, this is, yeah. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and make a will save for me, Edge. Natural one? Dying right. here. I will say then, um, as you For step a total forward... Of eight. As you step forward to fuck with Tarush, um, a image does flash your mind that at least gives you a little bit of pause and allows you to not do this. As you think back on the conversation that you had with Tarush last night, where you saw his defeated like groveling demeanor even while he wasn't even in the same room with his uncle but just telepathically speaking to it as you saw Tarush get small and downtrodden as Tarush later explained how he was basically well let's Edge just say there for that Edge Edge walked away with Sorel before Tarush mentioned anything about why he looked that way no, you, you walked away before he explained it, but you did see yeah, it like that. Yeah, but you did see it. Yeah. 
So I will say, I will, I will make an executive decision, and for the sake of the brevity of the session, you will not fuck with Drush right now, yeah, because no, you're still wondering. Yeah, I not want to so bad, but I wasn't gonna do it. It's just, out of all the images that can flash before my mind, that one would not stop me from fucking with Drush. Fair. However, as this thought this process... This would be the, like, kicking, kick him while he's down, but then it's like, no, we made a promise to the rest of the fucking group. Just... I don't know, Abe, you're kind of tempting me to see how far I can push it here. No, 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 no. Keep in mind, guys. For the guys, love we're... you have for me as a friend, Charlie, please, for the love of God. We're a nice, wholesome party of friends, all working along, getting along. So, Edge, you don't have the actual time to get to a nice conclusion uh, with your thoughts because just, only a few moments later... I just start focusing on Nox. I just start scratching him a bit and feeding him a bit, maybe, maybe try to teach him a trick. Hell yeah. And as you do so, uh, the appearance of Neil Hestus walks into the room, still wearing his uh, simple but uh, well-made uh, robes of uh, dark blue the uh, insignia of the Shulian Circle uh, strapped on one uh, like breast pocket of his, as well as like small depictions of uh, the different stripes that turn him into an analyst of the Shulian Circle. Um, late twenties, uh, glasses, short brown hair, kept nicely combed to the side. Uh, a man that not only uh, trains his mind but also his body as he fills up his robes nicely walks forward and uh, with a threat immediately walks towards you to shakes her hand and goes secret on Silvis glad to have you in our midst once again um, what can I do for you yes two things if I may be so bold um my two friends here, if you remember the threat we were facing earlier. Yes. We have made immense progress on the matter. In fact, I believe that the threat may soon be conquered by ourselves and a collaboration with the Silver Sentinels. But I shall require one thing. I do not like it, and normally I would not condone it, but these two, uninitiated, shall require access to our biblical knowledge, our, our, sorry, not biblical, our liberal, librarical, yes, that's now a word, librarical knowledge of astrology and, and astronomy. As uh, you say these words, you see uh, first Hestus becoming uh, like alleviated by the good news, but then, of course, as is the way of the world and bureaucracy, nothing is ever easy. And uh, of course, as the good news passes, so also comes a question that is bending the rules a little bit. And he thinks back on the time that you spoke before, where he was already speaking to you of... Um, Let's not call it personal gain, but just to see like if you and he could come to an arrangement and see if you could like be 
of benefit to each other within the guild. And as this question comes to him, he gazes over your shoulder where he sees uh, Mira standing there trying to listen in. And he just goes, Welcome me to one of the offices, please. As you are led mm, towards a, a. The offices will come. Their need, however, is acute. And they require no knowledge that is forbidden or protected by the Cerulean Circle, I would hope. Make a diplomacy check. Do not be afraid to put them under supervision. But, of course, the rest of our agreement we shall touch upon in your office. 20. Uh, 29. Natural 29. 29. Total. He sighs. He sighs for a moment and goes. While I would rather have these unorthodox questions discussed behind closed doors, Mr. Dunsilvis. Very well. As it seems that you have booked great progress within your assignment by the Cerulean Circle, we can see to it that your companions can enter the library, under supervision of course. It is not unheard of that outsiders are led towards these chambers, but nevertheless, this is not the normal way of how we work within the Farwater offices, so please, next time, let us discuss this more delicately. I agree. Could and we make a contribution to your beautiful library to um, soften the blow of this unsubtle suggestion? Donations are always welcome, although, with all due respect, what kind of donations would you see fit for our offices? And Tarush looks, Tarush turns around and kind of like grinds his teeth a bit. It, it needs to be peer reviewed, but there are contributions we can make, in fact. Lil, and Tarush thinks back to Olam. Did you, uh, Did we catch you taking something? Taking? <laughs> I have what no did, idea what you're talking about, Charlie. Uh, oh, I remember we kind of caught Olam taking some books. No, that wasn't me. That was me. Oh, that was <laughs> in the lake <laughs> house. I would never. And I put it back. Oh, my bad. My bad. Never mind for that part. I misremembered. My bad. Um, I'm sure there are some contributions we can make. I'm gonna are... start rummaging in my in my money pouch, and I'm gonna take out ten gold. Yeah, well, like that. Hestus holds out. Endless Hestus holds out his hand. I give it to him. Puts it away for now and just goes. The Cerulean Circle thanks you for your patronage. Um, 
Edge it was? Agile Bellis. Agile Bellis. An honor to meet you. Oh fuck, right, that's my actual name. Hmm. Pardon me, but isn't that... a name mostly bestowed upon Drow? All the way up north in Felver? I I want to make a check. (laughs) I am indeed from that region. I was uh, trained in a monastery near the spine of the world. Interesting. A lot of people do find themselves drawn to the Eastern Lotus, which is a nickname of Far Water. Eventually. I hope our city is to your liking. We will make sure that this donation is brought to good use. I swear I, I swear to the eleven, I want to make a check on this. Uh what what uh, what would you like to check? Um Lore Academia, Lore Warfare. Maybe no, society, uh, would that be no, applicable? No, don't tell me don't tell me which skill you want to roll. What do you want to check? Oh, Normal words. Oh, and well, I can decide what kind of role we need for that. You you said that's a name mostly reserved for Drow. Mm-hmm. So Tarush, this is new information for Tarush. Potential uh, potential information he could abuse. So he wants to know what the dealio is behind that. Is that actually a drow name? And if so, what's the history behind that? Go ahead and indeed make a society check then for me. Society. That is 11 plus 9, 20. 20. All right. So um, a little bit of basic information comes to you with all of this. Um, the province that they are talking about, uh, known as Felover, is all the way up north, behind the spine of the world, all the way to the west of the continent. Um, the basics of this province is that it is very rich in uh, in magical energies. Uh, actually, the uh, last campaign took place within uh, one of the large cities of that province, Vremkrist. And uh, within that city, you know that indeed a, um, a group of drow lived. And basically, their, their history would be that a long time ago, uh, the drow uh, from beneath the spine of the world, which is this very large mountain chain that spans the entirety of the continent, uh, came, uh, came up and took up uh, residence within the ever-misty, Swamplands of uh, Felover and with it uh, Fremkrist. And from there, they basically became a part of the empire, and the drow, uh, as noble houses, took up arms against their former brethren, basically being charged by the empire to protect the upper world from the underdark drow that they split off of. Okay. Um, so that's basically what is happening over there. And Ajil uh, Belis, yeah, that, that actually sounds like uh, old, like, drow, subterranean, elvish. All right, all right. Um, Trush is slightly disappointed to hear that there's this is actually a proper imperial name in that sense. Um... So I'll leave it at that, actually. Makes Am I sense. not exotic enough for you? No, you're not criminal enough for me. Um, <laughs> Literally a bandit, but okay. No, no, I mean you, yes, but lineage is more important than actions. So in that sense, 
Maybe you should have paid more attention to me during our vermilion dinner then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, maybe I should have, but I didn't. You should have. I had so much fun doing that puns. That would have given you a name that you could have actually, you know, learned something from. But I had no, so much fun finding variations. It was all about you getting a drunk. Yeah. No, I, 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 I had so much fun finding variations of bread. Uh, Tarush's mind was filled with like the entire spectrum of all the colors of red. Yeah, that that was yeah. that was the entire purpose of that session for me. Um, okay, so yeah, sorry. Right. So for Continue. the sake of this, then um, uh, we can say that both Edge and uh, Olam are led towards uh, the library here within the Farwater offices of the Cerulean Circle, while uh, Tarush, you can uh, speak with Hestus about um, your yep. other deal, I think. Um, so first off, uh, Edge, Olam, what are you trying to research while all this is going on? Okay, so I want to... Um look and search what the stars might mean um, if, if there's something behind it or if it's just stars and if there are more um, gods uh, and between yeah like I, 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 I think maybe that's still too fake because I'm just I'm, I'm trying to help like I imagine you know you have this huge library on this Maybe it's because it's 10.30. Oh, that's weird. There we go. I think we're back. Hey, we're back. I think. I, 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 I think. Yeah. I see people moving and it is me that is moving. All yeah. right. So, um, Olam, I, did, I, you... I, I, I touched nothing. <laughs> uh, just a matter of time then, I guess. Um, so, Olam, you were trying to do some research into different nebulae, what they could entail, what they could mean. Fucks up with space, basically. Yeah, Edge. yeah, what's up with space? Are you trying to aid Olam, or do you have your own research that you I am 100% trying to aid Olam. Just Very while good. she's doing her reading and researching, I'm going to work on that scroll that I mentioned. Very well. All right, then in that case, um, I would say go ahead and make me a religion check, both of you. Or you could also just go for perception, but perception will be a higher DC because then you're just looking and trying to find things. Also religion. I will roll a perception because it's way higher than my religion. Ooh, ooh, 18 plus seven, 25. That's a success. Yay. Wait, I want to this one. Olam. That is uh, 18 plus uh, 7 is uh, 25. Ooh, turning it into a 26 because of the aid of Edge. As you begin to rummage through the library, you have an assistant with you that's basically just guiding you through everything, making sure that you don't burn it to the ground or whatever. Um, you find different things. First off, you find different texts that uh, go into the basics of the fuck is space. Um, there are different theories even, because even now, the actual vastness of what is up there 
is very difficult for uh, different scholars and the like to actually understand. There are some that believe that eventually it will actually end and you will get to like the edge of our material plane over there and you could cross over into other ones. There are other people that believe that the space is actually the uh, ethereal plane, like the the plane, uh, the dimension, if you will, that envelops all the other dimensions. So it's like the, the filler between all of the different pockets of dimensions. Um, and in so doing, it's also very difficult to come to any real conclusions of what the stars actually are. Um, there are, however, um, a lot of practicalities that you can find in that the stars do seem to be, if not sentient, at least a source of power. Um, the texts do, however, go into like the different, uh, going a little bit into the occult, finding that those that worship the stars or or like try to draw power from them um, do so in very very strange ways. Um, the stars seem to be very, uh, basically very different. They, uh, like for example, there are texts how people try to draw power from the stars, but um, it is so odd and uh, out of this world that it turns bad and uh, turns different people into aberrations. Like basically Cthulhu-esque um, uh, Lovecraftian horrors and um, whatchamacallit, Cronenberg uh, monsters, for example. Those are aberrations. Um, so whatever it is, it seems to be very, very, very far away, both from us physically and from our realm of understanding. But nevertheless, the amount of power that is within it seems to be very vast and very interesting. You also find, uh, with the 26, that there was uh, one individual um, that was very intrigued, a, um, a archmage going by the name of Azariel, who uh, lived um, in a large mansion within the Gilded Ridges, which is a uh, mountain chain um, in the province next to you, uh, High Heart, where, uh, for example, also the capital uh, stands and the like, like the, the, the core region of uh, this place. However, that mansion had um, long been forgotten and abandoned, and Azariel is long, long dead because he too was just a man I guess but uh, does that mean that people who try to draw from the stars turn bad right or did I no, misunderstand no, no. that there are just, you, you find different um, texts that just tell you how it went wrong and when it mm -hmm. went wrong it went in the way of like um, for example uh, if you try to mingle uh, with like divine forces and eventually get wrong, you might, uh, for example, uh, get into a realm that you uh, fuck up the normal cycle of life and you create undead abominations, for example. Um, you have seen different, well, um, last episode we talked about how ghosts might be created because uh, certain emotional baggage keeps them from this place. But if it seems that the power from the stars seem to be very strange, very raw energies. That when uh, things go wrong, it turns things into aberrations, into these abhorrent Cronenberg-like monsters, really out of the world, not really 
akin to anything that you and I as humanoids might know. Yeah, so this kind of explains the origin of orcs like Jack. <laughs> well, let's not get into those racist comments. Okay, okay, okay. That's all that you realize. Right, and as you guys are settled here, we pan uh, just for a little bit to Tarush, who is uh, sitting in the office with Hestus. And um, for abbreviating, uh, for a little bit of abbreviation, uh, Tarush, you ask about the assignment, and Hestus basically tells you that, yes, indeed, um, it's not really an assignment for you per se, it's more like a, uh, a plea that Master Jack has. Uh, uh, pushed out all over the uh, different provinces. It seems that he is a man currently situated within Artelas and Artesia itself, but he's trying to figure out more about different soul-based magics. And for that, he has cast a white net out to basically anyone that could be of aid to him to find different stones that might be able to hold these souls. He's also given us um, a little bit of understanding of what kind of gemstones might be suitable for the uh, keeping of soul energy. And uh, because of the, this assignment, he has left us with uh, some small devices, which hold a uh, simple form of the Detect Magic cantrip. However, uh, this one actually attuned to these sorts of gemstones. Right now, it seems that he has a simple bounty, uh, depending on what kind of powerful soul energy these stones might take. Um, the price ranges from one gold piece for a single stone all the way up to a thousand, if one could be found that is powerful enough to keep a lot of soul energy in them. So, I, Don Silvis, am expected to walk around with a little compass-like creation looking for soul-holding gems? It is one of the open assignments that is open to each and every one of the Cerulean Circle Seekers. See it as a side quest, if you will. I... I understand. But, um... Between you and I, remember what I said to you about... You know, bonding in our ascendance through the ranks? Indeed. Let us make a show of this. What do you propose? Let's take some let's let's take some time to discuss this. Hmm. I have several ideas. And as we pan out of this room, we will end today's session a little bit early, right here and there. Um, because next to our uh, two boys that are missing, we also have a crystal that uh, needs to go to bed. Yes, Real quick. I need to sleep. No, no, yeah. no, we mean crystal the player. Yeah, no. Alright. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, Crystal, you have a early flight tomorrow. I do, I do. To get all the way to England. England. So yeah, it's like three kilometers away from here. Like you should. Matilda. 
time-wise, I'm only 20 minutes away. <laughs> yeah, but what, how, how early did your how, how how early do you want to get to Schiphol? Well, I want to be there around seven. Oh! <laughs> My flight is going uh ten minutes before eleven. It's oh, like God. an hour before I typically wake up, even. I know. Big move ah. energy. So yeah. <sighs> So for now, we will let Crystal go, and we will thank all of you so much for this beautiful episode. There were only the four of us, but I loved the fact that we had basically an entire session that was uh, uh, guided to us by Savage Combat Smurfs, which Yay! is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to spoil this, if that's okay, Wouter. Uh, before we started the session, Wouter is like, I think it's going to be okay. This is going to be a mostly or only role-playing session. <laughs> yep. And then Savage Combat Smurfs. There we go, Combat. So hell yeah. I just love that he had 3,000 llama points and chose violence. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, it's yeah, society. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would 100% also choose violence, but yeah. So yeah, so we will let Crystal be. We will thank you very much for your uh, continued aid in this beautiful adventure that we are creating. And we will hope to see you next week again, when we can actually continue with hopefully more than just three players. So for now, enjoy the last hour and 19 minutes of your weekend. Good luck, and we will hope to see you again very soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>